You are listening to Saturdays with the Story Dude, a bi-weekly podcast about the world of screenwriters and screenwriting and the film and television business. This is your host, Jared Dean Winchester, and, you know, over the course of the podcast, in quite a number of episodes, rather quite a few episodes, I've been, you know, I've been criticizing the critics, and in a recent episode I posted, a video episode I posted on YouTube, I told my viewers to trust their guts when choosing a movie. And the minute I did that, I've received DMs from people defending the critics. And as expected, there were arguments that I knew people would be making, and some of them includes accusations of me being allergic to criticism and defending the fact that these critics are simply expressing their opinion on a given piece of film, TV, or a script. Now, when I criticize a critic, let's be honest here, I am criticizing that critic who does not do their due diligence, does not completely review or watch a movie and then take a stance. Most of these critics, especially the ones on YouTube, now this is one of the reasons I do not trust YouTube reviewers, and this is because a lot of them are piggybacking off of somebody else's critique. They're just repeating that. But I will point this out. There is a critic that I have come across recently. Actually, he's a screenwriter. And after listening to him, I felt confident that he was qualified to offer any sort of criticism, be it on a film or on a script or on a TV show, because with him and critics like him won't just point out the problems. They will point out how they would go about fixing the problems that they have identified. And that is key. A lot of these other 
critics, what they will do is they will complain about what's wrong in a film, TV show, or a writer's piece of work, and never offer any constructive criticism or propose any solutions on how to better their work. And a lot of them are too focused on realism, on the realism of a movie script or TV show. I mean, like, honestly, these guys spend an entire day dealing with reality and now they want more of it? Unbelievable. Either that, they're just sad. They don't have a life except finding a way, an outlet to complain But other stuff. That is why I do not trust any critic on YouTube or any critic who complains about the realism of a film, TV, or a script, calling anything unrealistic or not believable, and comparing elements of any of these creative pieces of work, be it film, TV show, or script, to reality, to anything to do with reality, they'll say things like, this doesn't happen in real life. I mean, come on. When you watch a movie or a TV show, what you are doing is you're watching something that is make-believe. They're not real. They're just asking the what-if question. And it's amazing how these critics seem to forget that. Now, I will be a proponent or I will back any critic who points out the good and the bad and proposes solutions on how they would approach on that, on how to fix the problems that they have identified. And that's how I roll. And these critics need to be objective. I'm talking about the ones that are decent. I'm talking about the ones that are really good. So, what do I really think now? I think most of them are garbage, but there are some that are pretty good at what they do. And I believe those are the critics that you should be seeking out and you should be listening to. Critics like this guy that I'm talking about, Tyler Mowry. I'll spell his name out. 
It's Tyler, and his last name is Maori, which is not Maori as in the language of New Zealand. I'm talking about Maori with M O W E R Y. So that's M O W E R Y. Go check out his channel, and you will be fascinated by not only how he decided to get into film and TV shows and writing, and how he is self-taught. He didn't even need to go to film school. He didn't even need to go to a script writing class. He taught that himself, and he found out the real problem with many screenwriters and the screenwriting industry as a whole, Hollywood as a whole, and why they are cliched or why they are too formulaic and why they are gone down the crapper. So, with that being said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to move on to reviewing a TV show next, which I have been keeping up for a while. And given the criticism that I've heard, I believe patience was the key here. And I will give you my review of this TV show. So stay tuned. Learn the craft of screenwriting with the guys at ScreenwritingU.com. They have free classes for you to test the waters. And then they have the Pro Series courses, which are the flagship of the Screenwriting U courses. The owner and founder is actually an expert in the industry. And you get to learn not only the craft of screenwriting, but also the business of screenwriting. So what are you waiting for? Inquire today at ScreenwritingU.com. That's ScreenwritingU with a capital U dot com. This podcast is brought to you by Spring Wales Productions, where your journey begins. Welcome back. Now, before the break, I reaffirm my stance on criticism critics and I provided a defense on the accusation that I do not stand for criticism or I'm allergic to criticism. I also said that based on what I've just discussed, I also hope that the message that I've point that I was trying to make was constructive criticism is good. I'm all for criticism. It has to be constructive and objective. And that is not what is being received in this day and age. So with that being said, let's move on to 
this topic, which is a review of the TV show Walker, which is a remake of the Walker, Texas Ranger TV show from, I believe it was the 90s, with Chuck Norris in it. Now, if you don't know who Chuck Norris is, go research it. And I believe he will come up in IMDb and his notable work would be in Walker, Texas Ranger. That was the name. So, the main character, Walker, Cordell Walker, played by Jared Padalecki, Supernatural's Jared Padalecki, and his family, he has a younger brother, he has parents, he has two kids, a son and a daughter, and it, the setup was in the first season that he was investigating the death of his wife. Now, also, this leads him to a bigger criminal, to our bigger antagonist, who may be behind it. Now, Cordell gets partnered with someone to help him through the investigation. And we see her life and we also see his life and how the walkers accept anyone into the family and their philosophical dilemma dilemma is that they have a secret. Now, this is one of the things that Tyler Mowry talks about about when he mentions anything to do with screenwriting, and that is the philosophical dilemma of a character or between characters. Now, for Cordell, not exactly sure what his philosophical dilemma is, and that is yet to be determined, apart from the fact that he struggles with moving on or moving forward following the death of his wife. And the only notable conflict, the philosophical dilemma, to be honest, is the feud, the family feud, between the Davidson family and the Walker family. Now, to compare... I know I'm going to compare this with a show that is normally meant for housewives and midwives and whatnot. But Days of Our Lives is a show that comes to mind when talking about the feud between the Davidsons and the Walkers. With the Davidsons being compared to the Demiris in Days of Our Lives, and the Walkers, I'm comparing them to the Bradys in Days of Our Lives. 
Now, if you'd like to know why I was interested in a show like Days of Our Lives, let me know and I will put out an episode explaining how I came to know about the show and why I was watching it, why I continued to watch it for quite a few years before I decided to call it quits. That is what I would compare it to. The feud between the Davison family and the Walker family can be compared to the feud between the Damaris and the Brady's in Days of Our Lives. So, we also see a few bits and pieces here and there with Liam Walker, Cordell's brother, struggling with his own stuff. And the character himself is gay. Now, I have no problem with having a character like that on a show like this because it's about time that LGBT characters made their way into media, but with reason, of course, with a purpose, and not just for the hell of it, or just for the sake of it. So... It's kind of a mix, really. But we also see the struggles of the kids here and there. Augie, or August, who is Cordell's son, we see him a little, but most I think most of the focus was on Stella, his daughter. Zeus only knows why they made that move, but the one playing Cordell's wife is none other than Genevieve Padalecki, who also happens to be Jared Padalecki's real-life wife, who, by the way, have three kids, two sons and a daughter. Now, where is the show going? I don't know. For a moment, it seems like the Davidsons, Davidsons and the Walkers may be calling it a truce. We don't know. But there's always one family member against, member against that. So, with that being said, Cordell Walker's Walker is now currently in season two from where I am. And I'm not exactly sure if this is going to continue to be in to season three. If it is, then I may report on future seasons. So currently I 
all I've just talked about is what's been going on over the past two seasons. Because in season two, Cordell receives a new partner because his old partner had to leave. Perhaps she needed to go on a vision quest. Who knows? Anywho, so my review of Cordell's Walker, Jared Paralecki's Walker, the remake, is Cordell really does need a philosophical dilemma. And I may have missed it. I don't know. But I feel that that's needed. That's really needed. So with that being said, this is Jared Dean Winchester. Thanks you for listening to this episode of Saturdays with the Story Dude. And until I talk to you again, don't forget to turn that page. <laughs>